Act 6. Ashes, ashes, we're all small now. Scene 1. Return of the Vampire. Chantelpiece City on Tuscarora Mountain. Tuesday, sext. Noontide, 4th of July, 1284. 3rd of St. Swithin. The platform itself protects most of the fires from the rain, and the bonfires are big enough that those that do get wet are billowing with blinding gray smoke. Amid the suffocating clouds, the Heresiarch uses the black tongue of Kaldor to announce his plan in a terrorizing, ear-splitting voice while his acolytes translate. Hear me, my friends. A manifest destiny has brought you all together up here on this sycamore platform today. Now you will witness your leader undergo transmogrification into the undead state. When you follow her example, you will become more powerful than you could have ever imagined possible. Then, together as my undead warriors, we will march through Vinland, spreading heresy and liberating the Clayborn from the mindless superstition that Vinland's Christians now believe in. Never! shouts Dungaree Jean. Behind the Heresiarch, the undead vampire Gandorf picks Xena up by the throat and holds her over the ledge. The Heresiarch says, Submit, or your daughter dies. Dungaree Jean cries out, No! Don't harm her! Promise me you won't harm her, and I will willingly submit to your transmogrification. Johnny Appleseed, bound up in ropes, warns her, Don't do it, Madame Dungaree! The Heresiarch is a master of lies. He will promise you anything, and once you give in, he won't keep his end of the bargain, but he'll make you pay off your end a hundredfold. I'm a mother! I can't let my daughter die! Better to be dead and to rest in peace than to be undead and enslaved to the will of that monster. The Heresiarch interrupts. Theologically speaking, I am a white. An undead person is a white. An undead animal is a monster. Let her go! The stern voice comes from the Duke of Philadelphia's daughter. She is leading her party of adventurers toward the steps of the Black Flame Temple, backed up by Benjamin Franklin, Lewis, and Clark. The Heresiarch laughs at Ariel with scorn. I have nothing to fear from a little old lady like you. Out of nowhere, Enganyan comes swinging down on a rope, yodeling with all his might. A little old lady who? As he whizzes by, he cuts off his father's hand with a silver dagger. Xena drops over the ledge. After a few feet of freefall, a rope tied around her ankle runs out of slack and yanks her back up for a short rebound. Officer Bunsey, underneath the platform, tied a lifeline around her foot during Nganyan's distraction with impeccable timing. For a few moments, Vampire Gandorf stands still, as if computing the unexpected new data to figure out what to do next. Nganyan smiles cheerfully at the undead effigy of his father and says, It's me, Nganyan. I'm your son. The undead father draws his sword and brings down its blade upon his living son without any remorse. Nganyan, armed only with his silver dagger, counters his father's attacks with dodges, parries, and jumps. His father's blows are coming in heavy, but slow enough for Nganyan to deflect the attacks and maintain his footing. Nganyan sidesteps in front of a sycamore tree, and vampire Gandorf chops at him with so much force that his sword lodges itself in the tree trunk. Vampire Gandorf struggles to pry it out, and Ganyan takes advantage of the distraction to grab a large wooden board and slap it over the back of his father's head. He hits so hard that his father's eyeballs pop out. 
Ingenion swoops down and tucks the eyeballs away into his belt pouch, thinking it will blind his father. Instead, red lights flicker inside vampire Gandorf's skull, and with two glowing red orbs in place of his eyes, vampire Gandorf resumes his attack against his son. Meanwhile, Willis, Lewis, and Monsignor Oscar Meyer charge at Vampire Kibler and the Acolytes holding Dungaree Jean down. The combined mass of their body weight alone is enough to bowl them over like so many duck pins, and the Acolytes all end up piled on top of each other. Wriggling, squirming, scratching, and slashing at the Acolytes, they manage to free Dungaree Jean from their clutches. Watching his plans fall to pieces, the Heresiarch screams with thunderous fury, DESTROY THEM! Vampire Gandorf lets go of the sword stuck in the sycamore tree and grabs a hook off a pulley from one of the workshop lifts. He jams the hook into his severed wrist and hisses two words, DIE, SON! Ingenion rolls behind the sprawling acolytes, just as Vampire Gandorf takes another swing at him. This time, his hook sinks into the back of one of the acolytes. An unsettling relief spreads through Ingenion's soul to hear his father acknowledge him as his son. Ingenion calls out, To die would be an awfully big adventure, Dad. How's it working out for you? Vampire Gandorf flings the squealing acolyte away to free up his hook and snarls, Fool! Ingenion grabs a black banner resting on a crate and throws it over his father, replying, A fool, am I? Well, then, you're a codfish. Still more nimble than his undead father, Ingenion dances around him, slashing at him here and there with his silver dagger, but not managing to land a direct hit. Not far off, Florence, exhausted from her black flame binge, recovers some shard of her normal self. When she realizes what is going on, she shrieks, Oh no! Watch out for father! Run, Monsieur Ingenion, run! Ingenion, chipper and light-hearted as ever, tips his hat and says, Faint hearts never want to fight, fair lady. Unfortunately, he doesn't realize that Florence's warning was not about his father, but hers. Vampire Kibler comes up from behind and clobbers Ingenion with an empty crate, splintering it over his back. The surprise attack sends him down for the count. Vampire Kibler drags Ingenion to the Heresiarch, who sneers, Now your transmogrification through the Black Flame will be complete. Helpless, Ingenion shouts, No! I'm too young to be undead! I love life! The Heresiarch grins, Oh, but you'll love being undead too. You'll have the joy of bowing to my will. He places the ceremonial pillow over Ingenion's face to begin the transmogrification ritual. The acolytes chant with a strange droning hum in the background while the heresiarch recites formulaic words in the black tongue of Kaldor. Throughout the ritual, the other vampires pin Ingenion's arms and legs to the floor. All he can do is tap on the ground with his left hand. Whoopi sees Ingenion's call for help amidst the tumult and confusion of the fight and uses his magicka wand to locomutate away the pillow covering his face. The next moment, Ingenion takes a deep breath and the transmogrification ritual is broken. That same instant, the three rangers' apprentices, Lewis, Clark, and Hale, come charging in recklessly to save the day. Lewis buries his two-handed battle axe and vampire Gandorf's back. The vampire, barely noticing the blow, spins around, grabs Lewis's wrists, and flings him away with an ease that frightens even the most seasoned veterans on the front lines. Hale attempts to sneak up on Vampire Kibler with a wooden stake in his left hand and a mallet in his right. The plan is futile. 
Vampire Kibler turns casually around and slaps the implements out of his hands so hard it knocks his whole body to the ground. Hale rolls to avoid a wicked stomp of the vampire's foot. Eager to save his friends, Clark charges straight at the Heresiarch, holding his newly blessed Phoenix Talon infixed with the engagement ring relic of Lynx. The Heresiarch grabs him by the neck, but Clark's right arm is long enough to get behind his foe's neck. With a swift sawing motion back and forth, the Phoenix Talon chops off the Heresiarch's head. Ingenion crawls over and scoops up the severed head. He rolls it toward the ledge of the platform. Like a painfully slow bowling ball, the head barely reaches the last plank, teeters back and forth three times, then drops over. The Heresiarch's head laughs hideously as it plummets, slowly rotating one hundred feet down into the Crusader bonfires below. The headless Heresiarch, however, does not die, but his undead body runs off the ledge in search of his head. Everyone looks around, not sure what's next. Enraged, Vampire Kibler lets them have it. He holds out his hand and shoots a short burst of black flame, covering Ingenion with a coat of rime frost. Ingenion squeals, worse than if someone dropped an ice cube down the back of his shirt on a hot summer day. Ah! Vampire Kibler kicks him again and sends another spray of black flame at him. Ingenion rolls and writhes in pain. After another burst of black flame, Ingenion is shivering pathetically. He calls out to Vampire Gandorf, Father! Johnny Appleseed taps deep into special druid prayers and prays for his enemy. In this case, Vampire Gandorf. A moment of grace awakens compassion in his torpid, undead soul. Amid the agony of his son's torture, something snaps in Vampire Gandorf. A tear trickles down the glowing orb in his eye socket. Spotting Hale's wooden stake and mallet, Vampire Gandorf creeps up behind Vampire Kibler and places the wooden stake between his shoulder blades. With one tremendous blow, he drives the stake through Vampire Kibler's chest with the mallet. The Arkenstone amulet bursts out through the front of his ribcage. Though missing a hand, Vampire Gandorf hoists the now vulnerable Vampire Kibler over his head and tosses him over the ledge, staggering to the ground as the druid's continued prayers restore his soul to its natural state. Death, Vampire Gandorf says, Son, let me see you with my own eyes one last time. Ingenion takes the eyeballs from out of his belt pouch and hands them back to his father, saying with a worried face, But you'll die. I guess you are already dead, but, I mean, like... For good this time. Nothing can stop that now. Vampire Gandorf pops the eyeballs back into his head and looks at him lovingly. I love you, my son. And Ganyan starts to cry. I love you, Dad. As he fades, Vampire Gandorf says, My son, be honest, even when it hurts, or your spirit will spend all eternity running from the truth. With that, his body slumps back, motionless. Ingenion holds his father's lifeless body and weeps. Although the rains have died down, a tickle of cold reminds him that the black flames are close to freezing over all of Vancey estates. The rangers and elves are getting hemmed in and huddle up closer to each other for warmth and safety. 
Ganyan spots a narrow passageway through the bitter cold flames and quickly formulates a plan to rescue the survivors. But first, he must run a gauntlet through the most grueling ordeal of all, the truth. <laughs>